Hi, everyone. I'm Megan Berg. And I'm Dr. Jeanette Benegas. And we are here to fix SLP. We are discussing the biggest challenges that are currently holding back the field of speech-language pathology. We present the issues with facts and invite you to be part of joining our movement to make things better, one conversation at a time. Let's fix SLP. Hi, everyone. After recording, Ashley let us know that on January 9th, Governor Reynolds proposed changes to Iowa's education system, which would impact the Area Education Agencies, or AEAs. Aisha is working with their lobbyists and school-based SLPs to obtain further information and will keep its membership updated as this progresses. Enjoy the episode. Welcome back, Fixers. This is Jeanette, and I am excited to be bringing you our second bonus episode where we get to highlight state membership associations. This is an extra fix, if you will. Today, we have Ashley from Aisha, the Iowa Speech, Language, and Hearing Association. I wanted to remind you that the views stated today are not reflective of the personal opinions of the guest, but instead are representative of the State Membership Association Executive Board as a whole. We hope you enjoy hearing about Aisha. Hello, Ashley. Hello. Welcome to the Fix SLP podcast. We are so excited to have you. Um, I am so excited to be here. Yeah, Ashley is our second bonus episode, which I'm lovingly referring to as an extra fix. Um, We'll have many extra fixes, but one series is highlighting the state association. So Ashley is number two on our list um, and she's from Iowa. So Ashley, why don't you tell us a little bit about yourself? Sure thing. I, um, like I said, I'm Ashley. I am the current, Ashley Lodic. I'm the current uh, president of the Iowa Speech Language Hearing Association. Um, I'm in my second year. We don't go for two-year terms. Um, it has been quite the learning experience. We've had a lot of ups and downs these last couple of years, but I'm really excited to share about what we're doing with you guys. And are you a practicing clinician? Yes, I'm sorry. I am uh, adult medical. So I do a little bit of everything. I do mobile fees. I work for a great company out of Kansas mm-hmm. City, mobile fees. Um, I do some PRN in skilled nursing and I do some PRN in LTAC. And then this year, hopefully I should be starting my own, I'm hoping private practice. So I have a lot, a lot going on. Yeah. That we'll have to talk mobile fees after I press stop. Um, oh, 100%. <laughs> I didn't realize that when we first got on. Okay. Um, tell us something fun. Do you have a hobby or something you do? I, I Like me, I don't have any free time, so don't ask me that question. But is there something that you enjoy doing? Yeah, I do. Um, my husband likes to say that I'm I perfect to work with geriatrics because I was born an old woman in a young body because I love to knit and crochet. It's kind of my jam, how I relax and get away and stuff for a while. So I have literally like drawers full of yarn and you know accessories and stuff so that's kind of how I how I relax but that I'm in the car all the time doing fees and traveling so a lot of podcasts a lot of audiobooks hanging out with my kids got a husky she just keeps me you know full of hair all the time so yeah what do you like to knit or crochet like what's what's your thing 
You know, I'm such a dork. I love to make shawls and like really big scarves, but I never, ever, ever wear them. I also don't finish things half the time. So I, I love to start a new project, but I'm terrible at actually like following through and finishing one because I'll see, I'm like, oh, I, well, this is a pretty pattern. Let me try this. I'm going to do this one. So I have a lot of half done projects. That's part of my new year's resolution actually is to finish some of the things that I started. Amazing. I would love to learn to do that. I tried once. My cat found like what I had started and I was a beginner. So it had taken me forever to get what I had done and she unraveled it and oh, no. I never went back. I was like, oh, <laughs> cats are the Someday. worst. Someday. Yeah. No offense to any cat people out there. <laughs> All right. Let's, let's jump into some, some good stuff while you're here. Um, what do you love about your state association? Like what drew you to it? Why did you get involved? What just, what do you love? I love it. So our state association has been kind of a part of me since the beginning. Um, I remember being an undergrad many, many, many years ago. Um, and it was just expected. You went to the state conference, you went to the Aisha conference and you, listen to people who were, you know, at the time thought were smarter than you will ever be. And you tried to learn and follow along and answers, you know, keep up with the, with the commentary and stuff, but that was just what you did. And so right off the bat, um, you know, nerd that I am, I wanted to be on the board at some point in my career. Um, I found speech pathology after I tried like 18 different majors. It just kind of fell into my lap. And I was so grateful to finally have like, you know, a point in life that I wanted to be a part of something to help give back um, to this profession that I really, really do like um, on most days. Uh, some days are hard, but most days I really love it. Yeah. I say it's always been in the back of my mind to do that. So the opportunity came up in, oh gosh, 2020 for me to um, join the board as the president elect. So I've been on the board. This is going on my fourth year doing that. And it's been, it's been really interesting. I've learned a lot about how it works behind the scenes. There's so much work that goes into these state associations that I don't think anybody who hasn't been on the board can fully appreciate or comprehend. Um, I love the networking, you know, we're so isolated. I'm in the car all the time and, or I'm the only SLP in, you know, in the nursing home or the hospital and stuff. And so it's very, very isolating as, as so many of us know. And, um, so, you know, conference time is really the opportunity to get together. Like, oh, I've seen your reports and oh, how are you? And like, oh, you're at a hospital near me. Oh, that's great. Can let me, you know, let me send you some referrals my way. And can I call you when I send somebody out for a modified or, you know, call me if you need fees, that kind of thing. So I, I love that aspect of it. It's really, really my favorite thing. I like the learning too, but the socializing is kind of my jam. Yeah. Yeah. Um, you're making me think I, I go to the Pennsylvania State Association and I volunteer for them. But you're making me think, man, why aren't I going to the Ohio one and networking like that? Do it. Money. It's money. It's all money, right? Like you can only do so many. <laughs> oh, God, money. Ugh, I know. It's we can't function without it. I know. I know. So <laughs> um, Megan and I have not. Like I'm volunteering, but neither one of us have been on the board of our state association. So we've been learning in this process too. 
Um, we have not mentioned this yet, but why don't you, just for our listeners, explain what the president-elect is versus the president? Like, we learned there's this whole, like, three Ps thing that we had no idea. And so we, yeah. are, we once we got this idea of highlighting the state associations, that's when we we learned about it. So let our listeners know what that is, because I'm betting most don't know. Absolutely. Yeah. So if you um, join, at least that's how Iowa runs. So if you join um, the board here in Iowa and you're like, I want to be in charge, I want to be the president, it is a six-year commitment. So it is two years of being the president-elect, two years of being president, and then two years of being past president. Uh, while you are president-elect, you are kind of learning the ropes, seeing how it's how things move. Maybe you've been on the board before, so you have an idea, or maybe you're like me, who had never been on the board and just kind of got thrust into um, this position because they're like, hey, would you want to do this? And I have a hard time saying no. Um, so it's she, you know, kind of like um, our current president-elect, I'm trying to use this as like a, a mentorship opportunity for him. So uh, we have an audiologist coming on as our president-elect, which is super exciting. And uh, so he and I, we collaborate on things. We talk about stuff, make a plan so that when I transition out of this position, he can move right on in and super smooth. Um, our past president position is um, more a, they're a non-voting member of our board. Um, they're, they're more like, you know, can I call you and say, hey, how did you guys handle this? What do I do? More of a collaborative kind of uh, situation there, but. Uh, and then they're also on the board of our past president is also on the board for our foundation, which is supplies um, scholarships and okay. things to our student members. So that's how it works in Iowa anyway. So it's yeah. um it's a commitment. I don't know. I don't know. I, I assume most have all three. It seems that way, but not all of them do. I think we've encountered one or two that don't quite operate like that, but I assume like what the past president serves on is probably different in every state and how they operate. But it seems like most states have a three piece that we've, yeah, we've gotten to learn about. So that's been interesting. Mm -hmm. Okay. So what is Megan and I, obviously we've fallen into this advocacy role. So one thing we want to talk about with you is one area of advocacy that your state has undertaken in previous years that has mm -hmm. made a difference for clinicians. Yeah, so we've had um, quite a bit of things going on in Iowa right now. A couple of years ago, uh, one thing we were really kind of fighting against was, um, I don't want to use the word fighting, but trying to figure out for with music therapy. I don't know if other states go through that as well, but they're wanting to bill, you know, mm -hmm. 92507 to treat, you know, speech, communication, voice. Um, and we're like, no, 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 no. Uh, mm -hmm. that's, you know, our purview. We did finally after, I think we went round and round in the legislature for God, probably a decade, maybe. Um, they, we finally got language that everybody was, but was, but was happy with. And so speech that 92507 is still the purview of speech therapy and not for our music therapists. So that was, a big win for us. That, I have goosebumps. I do I, you? Oh no! Legit. That's amazing. That is one of my areas that obviously we can only do one thing at a time. Megan and I are going to be around for forty-seven years. Just so you know. 
we're gonna be doing this podcast at like 87 and the young clinicians are gonna be like who are these old ladies um because there's so many things that we want to do but protecting our codes is so mm-hmm. close to my heart it's really something that i would love to see us take on as an nationwide group of SLP, however that looks. So I'm assuming that code protection is unique to Iowa only. Yes. 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 I don't know if people realize that or not either. And this is why we have a lot of these encroachment issues, especially in our corner of the world with dysphagia. Oh, yeah. Occupational therapists, Mm -hmm. like the one company that I had to leave because they were forcing their SLPs to train OTs and giving them an eight hour course. And then they had to mentor. And I know know, exactly what company you're talking about. Talk about that too when we we stop recording. But um, that I, my, one of my regional managers lives right behind me and our kids play all the time. And we've talked, he's a PT and we've talked about this multiple times. He always says, Jeanette, you guys need to start protecting your codes. He's like, physical therapy has done an excellent job of that. Chiropractors can't build our codes anymore. He's like, you guys would be be ahead if you could just protect your codes. And I was like, you know, he's right. So good for yeah, you guys absolutely. for doing that. You take on yeah. this that dysphagia code next. Get it going. I know. <laughs> oh, God, there's so many dysphagia things. Yeah, um, but I mean, I know in pediatrics, too, it's, you know, there's a lot of that going on you know, in their corner as well. I've, I've heard it and I've seen it. I just don't follow it as closely, but yeah, I think across the board, speech therapy codes need to be protected for speech therapy billing only period. Absolutely. Good for you guys for doing that. Oh my gosh. That's amazing. (laughs) Okay. So is there anything that you're working on right now in terms of advocacy? So we're, (laughs) we're a little bit in a holding pattern right now. So our, government decided um, hmm, they're going to reorganize and restructure everything. Oh. All of our departments are going from like 43 departments in our state government to like 16. I might be off on those numbers. We don't have final stuff yet, but they're getting rid, not of our license, but of our licensing board. Um, so right now we have the licensing board for speech pathology and audiology. They are talking about what they want to do is remove that board and put us under the board of medicine, which is not ideal for many reasons and have like, you know, one SLP or one audiologist um, act as a, you know, advisor to the board of medicine, but ultimately like any type of licensure reprimands or uh, changes to licensure would be under the purview of the board of medicine. And they would only quote, like ask our opinion about things which is not ideal um we're trying to they are putting pt and ot under the board of rehabilitative medicine which is a better fit for us as well it's not perfect but if everybody's gonna lose out on this we might as well be grouped with pt ot at least we have some type of uh you know similar right stuff going on yeah 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 Um, so it's really interesting right now. Everything is kind of up in the air, depending on where all this falls. You know, when they when they first came out with this, you know, we submitted, um, you know, public comment. You know, we don't agree with, you know, losing this. We have a very unique um, job that we do that encompasses, you know, not just, you know, the medical side. We have school-based. We have private practice. We have all of these different areas that we cover. And so 
putting us in a corner in a pocket where people who don't understand what we do are deciding our fate is a really scary thing. Yeah. So we reached out to, um, you know, to the board, to the legislature, to, you know, we, we submitted public comment. Um, we haven't heard a lot back. Our lobbyists are um, in the know and they're kind of uh, keeping us informed about what's going on right now. It does sound like we have, um, people are in favor of like, oh, it makes sense for speech to maybe move under this rehabilitative board versus the board of medicine it's still not a perfect fit obviously but it's kind of where we're at right now and i think until that all gets straightened out we're in a little bit of a holding pattern um just because that's sort of like the big agenda thing that our governor wants to pass and get going that makes sense yeah in an attempt to you know streamline things is there any yeah. Is there anything that clinicians can do in Iowa to better support this effort or is it just in their hands now and you're waiting for the final decision? I think I, I don't I'm not 100 percent where we're at right now. It's been kind of messy and unclear. I don't think it ever, ever, ever hurts to reach out to, um, you know, your congressmen's to your, your local representatives to make sure that they're aware of like, hey, there's consequences to what we're doing. This is where I work. These types of folks on these boards aren't necessarily going to understand what we do. Um, you know, being under the guise of, you know, Department of Inspections and Appeals versus Health and Human Services, the the goals there too are very different. And so what does that mean going down the road? We're not 100% sure. Okay. So I think, you know, reaching out to your legislators, uh, your representatives, to you know say hey we have concerns about this i know aisha's already submitted you know letters of concern and things but um we're also concerned too as well yeah so well we have fixers fixers if you're listening send a letter to your legislature iowa only it's not going to help if you send it from like california (laughs) but iowa folks if you have a state license in iowa go send a letter to your state representative let them know what you think, and um, hopefully you guys can get that taken care of. Give us an update when you know, just so we yeah, can absolutely. Help be in the yeah, note. I'd be too. really interested to see. Yeah, that. or if there's something else, if there's some other advocacy effort that we could be talking about um, for you, let us know. So once once you get through this, is there an agenda for the future? Are there things that you'd like to continue to improve in Iowa that you anticipate might be on a future agenda to try yeah, to absolutely. Reimbursement has been a big issue with Medicaid, um, especially for our PEDS folks. They are being denied across the board for if they've had speech longer than a year. You know, they're getting maybe, you know, maybe one visit a month, you know, one visit every six months. We've had, we have a wonderful liaison to the board who's been working um, in private practice with PEDS forever. And she's had meetings with, you know, um, the different Medicaid companies here in Iowa because we're privately funded Medicaid. And um, she's had a lot of meetings, but not a lot of success, which other places that I've heard are kind of going through this too. Same thing. We'll we'll talk, but nothing really changed. We just got it. And we, I talk like I was involved. I was not involved at all. We just got it changed in Ohio. 
And oh. in a couple days, I am interviewing the woman. Her name's Brianna. I'm we're, I'm doing another extra fix with Brianna so she can talk about her process. That's um, amazing. So listen to that. I don't know when that will release. Yours will probably come out first. And then, you know, anybody listening, look for another extra fix um, with Brianna who got the Medicaid rates significantly changed in Ohio. And now she's gathering the troops to do private insurance next. So that is amazing. I mean, the woman is on fire. I no kidding. Her. So, oh, I yeah, love but, that. Sweet. Okay. So um, every year, you know, the agenda in states kind of changes. How does your state sort of figure out their agenda, what they want to advocate for, what they're going to do that year? Walk us through that. How does that work? So we do strategic planning um, every three to five years or so. So that helps kind of guide what we're uh, starting with. And then uh, depending on what kind of pops up, you know, you, you you go in with a plan and then, you know, the legislature decides they're going to pop up with all this stuff that you have to come out for or against. Um, and a lot of times, you know, our goals get sidetracked because, you know, they've proposed some ludicrous stuff about you know only can only communicate one way you know something ridiculous like that um of course we have to come out against that and you know parent choice and all of these things so it's it's been a little bit of a challenge um we did get our interstate we had our interstate compact passed um which was fantastic we kind of got to piggyback on the back of ot with that and then um people who bring stuff to our attention so reimbursement's a huge one. Medicare, Medicaid, not going to get about Medicare, but Medicaid, you know, private insurance, that kind of thing. For me, the other thing is pay rate here in the state of Iowa, which is notoriously low. And I, I'm sure you know about all of that. Uh, and again, legislatively, and I'm not 100% sure what we can do about it, but just bringing awareness to what it should be and comparing and being open about those things is important, I think, for all of us. Well, and getting those reimbursement rates up too, right? Because at mm -hmm. the end of the day, oh, yeah. that's what drives pay. It's not mm -hmm. every, we, I don't know if you listened or listeners, if you haven't heard, Megan and I did a, a limited series podcast before we did this called Other SLP's Pockets, where we talk about negotiating rate of pay and advocating for yourself in that way. But at the end of the day, some employers, they can only pay you so much. You have to keep the lights on. You have to pay the rent for the building or, you know, the equipment and the toys and the insurance. And there is a cap. Like not everyone can make $100 an hour, especially in Ohio, 92507. That was 32 and change reimbursement for Medicaid. How do you pay anybody with that? So it's, I think it starts with getting reimbursement up and then that you know, there can be a trickle down effect from there. But this is years worth of work as oh, yeah. our, you know, cost of living continues to go up and rates continue to go down. It's, I mean, and I was just gonna say it's a whole other podcast. It actually is. <laughs> it's a really good one, guys. I listen to it. Go listen to it. It actually is a whole other podcast. Um, <laughs> so I'm going to skip our next question because you said something where you know sometimes members will bring things to your attention so when mm -hmm. members want to bring something to the state association's attention how can clinicians best communicate their ideas and concerns to the association and then once they do that what do you guys do with it how how do you receive those and and what do you do with them 
Yeah. So the best way to, to communicate with us is to email um, Aisha at Aisha.org. Try to keep it as simple as possible. So ISHA at ISHA.org. That goes directly to our executive director, Suzanne, who is a lifesaver and not an SLP or an audiologist, but organized, which is God knows we need it. So she will send that on to us. So we have VPs for medical, for schools, for audiology. And so part of their jobs is to, you know, receive these queries, um, look at them, respond to them, get more information. We get stuff about, you know, um, how many CEUs we need. Can they all be online? We get stuff about, you know, can we build this and this on the same day? Um, you know, what limitations do CFs have in the state of Iowa, licensing type things. You can also, you know, email the licensing board too for those types of questions. I think some people get confused that the licensing board and the state association are the same thing. They absolutely um, do. They, yeah. they absolutely do. And I totally get it because I think I thought that until I joined the board, which is embarrassing to say, um, but they're not. Um, so we can always, you know, help direct people, you know, that direction. Um, and in doing that, we've learned a lot of things too. We're like, oh, this is, this is a huge problem. Like, um, I didn't know until somebody asked that Iowa doesn't reimburse fees Medicaid at all. There's, it, I mean, <laughs> I'm like, wait, well, I'm, I figured it was bad reimbursement, but I didn't realize it was zero. But they'll let you do so, it for free. You're allowed to do it. You just, uh, I believe so. Yeah. I mean, who yeah. would, but no, I, right. But yeah, I mean, it's, it's a whole, a whole thing. So that was, that's, you know, again, on the agenda of things to get fixed and passed and to get us, you know, taking care of these people. So if someone wants to join your association, what can clinicians in your state expect as a member? Anybody can join. We have several different types of membership. So you have like a regular member, we have student membership, we have first year professional membership, second year professional membership, retirement, um, and they're all at different prices. So like your regular membership runs 110 a year. Um, students, uh, it's 35. First year professionals, I think is 35. Retirees, I think is 70 right now. Um, so we want to make it as easy as possible for um, you know, people to join the association. And so we try to keep our prices down as much as we can, but we do have expenses. Um, lobbyists are expensive. We wouldn't know, have a clue what was going on without, without our lobbyists. They really keep us in the know. And so we, and they do a great job. Uh, so, you know, paying for those, paying for our executive director who we would not, be around <laughs> without Suzanne. There is just there is so much to running, you know, a nonprofit, a, a, a group like this because there's there's taxes and and convention planning and like how to negotiate a contract for a hotel, like all of mm -hmm. this like stuff that SLPs. You know, again, we're SLPs. We don't we None don't do that. that. But it's right. so it's, having that is really important. We are trying to be really transparent with our members so that they know what's going on, what their money is getting them. Um, so we do our convention. That's a member benefit. You get a good reduced price for that for at the convention. And then five or six times a year, we're also 
offering online free CEUs to our members, kind of in all of the different areas, audiology, medical, school-based, SLP stuff. And that's free for members. And then we charge like a nominal fee for non-members, like $20. Like I said, we have our lobbyists. Um, they um, send out weekly emails about what's going on in the Capitol, uh, what's kind of on the agenda, what bills are up for vote, what's, you know, what's in committee um, and kind of the plan going forward. And our legislative session runs from January to usually um, mid to late April. And so they keep us, they keep us going. It's a really busy time for them. You know what you guys pay that lobbyist? Do you happen to know? Yeah, we play them $12,000 a year. 12000 Yeah. That's a steal. I mean. <laughs> because we talked to another state privately Ooh. who told us ninety thousand dollars no uh-huh yeah because megan and i listen big plans here we thought we would help crowdsource like crowdfund lobbyists for each state and when that state was like i'm not trying to be rude but how do you plan to do that we pay our lobbyists ninety thousand dollars ninety thousand oh just kidding maybe we'll just do a podcast instead because that's free wow yeah that's wild and maybe there's multiple lobbyists in in that quote but we didn't really dig we just felt dumb i mean that we have like three we have like a like a group like three twelve thousand for three yeah we could could crowdfund that (laughs) that's so funny because that's so funny that that's because I thought we were like way overpaying. I'm like, I don't even know what they're doing for us. We need to start asking the state associations if they have lobbyists now and how much they cost. Cause now I am like deeply interested. in. This. Yeah, no, I mean, when you have a nonprofit and you have lobbyists, the cost of what you pay your lobbyists can't exceed the cost of like what your membership pays to your nonprofit because the IRS doesn't like that. And they're like, Oh, well you have undue influence. Um, if you have like, if you're making the same amount or less than uh, what your dues are for your members, if you're paying more mm-hmm. to your lobbyists, I was like, mm, you can't, that's not, that's not, not fair. Not, I don't know what the, what, what the actual saying is, but yeah. like, you can get in trouble for that. Interesting. So if you make, if you get more members, you could pay your lobbyists more and do more things. I don't know that that's necessarily true. I think they already did part of it for us. But we could actually, but, you know, this is, and I'm a little off kilter tonight anyways, and you can cut this out because, so Suzanne, our executive director, she sent an email to me and Kevin, my president-elect. She's like, hey, so we're going, she's going over the budget with our treasurer. Iowa, Aisha, will be defunct in two years. We won't have any money left. We shouldn't cut that out. Your members (laughs) need to hear that. The people in your state, this is why, listen, All of the state associations are struggling. And this is why we want to highlight you guys and and just, you know, get what you're doing out so people can think about maybe investing if they have the money to do it, investing that money into the state Mm -hmm. and potentially even volunteering to get stuff done because it takes everybody. And we're never going to see change in the field like protecting the codes like you did in Iowa or changing Medicaid rates like happened in Ohio, those things are never going to happen if we don't have these associations helping us do it. And so it's so important. I, you know, this is going on everywhere. We've we've been talking to a lot of states. I don't think you're alone there. And that's why it is 
It's it's an emergency. If we want state associations to be helping us advocate for the things that we need, we need to get involved Mm -hmm. and we need to pay our dues. And 110 isn't really that much. That's affordable. And, you know, the state membership cost is all over the board. But I what I love that you said, too, is that first and second year member price. I had that's the first I've heard that. And that's awesome because coming out of school you know, you're just getting like maybe your first place by yourself or, you know, buying a car and like paying for your first year professional experience, which looks Mm -hmm. like a lot of different things in a lot of different states. And there's, you know, people think, oh, I'm out of college. I'm going to make a lot of money. But then you, hello, adulting, you get hit with a lot. So that's that's great too for, for new grads who are first year and second year professionals. That's amazing. That's 30 minutes. Yeah, we, I, and <laughs> you can spend that at a nice dinner if you have. Oh, a I know, break. right? Yeah, we want to make it as easy as possible for people, you know, to to transition and to come out and to be and to be part of this. And I know, I I do. I remember the first time I was like, I got to pay how much money to ASHA and this and my state license, and they want this too. Like that's crazy. But of all the things, of all the people that we have to pay for all the stuff, your state association is the one doing the work who can do the stuff that's going to affect your life day to day. And so if you're looking for a smart place to put your money, mm-hmm. put it there, put it in yep. your state association. Yep. We have over 1600 registered SLPs in the state of Iowa and less than 300 are a part of our state organization. We absolutely have room to grow. If you guys can do the math on that, if we have 300 people times 110 bucks a year, that math ain't mathing. No. So we will be, if we do not get, I mean, it is dire. If we do not get members, we will not exist. That's just the long and the short of it. And we won't be able to provide the CEUs and we won't be able to provide that now those networking opportunities. Now that we've guilted them, where where can they go? They can go to www.aisha.org. Okay. You can absolutely join right from there. Um, you'll have access to our member directory. You can find SLPs across and audiologists across the state. Um, we can do, uh, again, we're offering CEUs. We're offering networking opportunities, advocacy opportunities, you can join our membership committee. You can join our advocacy committee. You can join our committee for our annual Hill Day that we're having coming up in March. So there's lots and lots of opportunities. You can go from listening right now to being the president-elect on the next cycle, just like Ashley did, not involved to almost president. <laughs> That's exactly right. If, if you're, you're going to dive in, you might as well just dive go in. in. All in. Head first. Person by fire. Um, <laughs> exactly. Yeah. So how about socials? Do you have socials? Do you have handles that you could give us? We do. We have socials. We're on Facebook, Iowa Speech Language Hearing Association on Facebook. Um, And then um, we do have Instagram, but we don't use it probably as much as we we should. We're working on that. All right, Ashley, is there anything else you want our listeners to know? Anything else you want to talk about? Um, Really, the only other thing I want to do was just to say one other thing. I know this is an SLP podcast and I love being an SLP, but I do want to shout out the audiologists in our state. We, our last conference we had in October 
had almost an equal number of SLPs and audiologists attend, which is amazing. We also had our largest student turnout ever, which was also amazing. Um, We have on our board, we have two open board positions as well. If anybody's listening, we'd love to have you apply for a couple of board positions. Same thing, Aisha at Aisha.org for email um, if you're interested. And then um, the honor board, we have, let's see, one, two, three. We have half of our board is audiologists. And that's really exciting. Um, again, I know it's an SLP podcast, but we're doing some really exciting things for audiology too. So um, we're all yeah. just working together. We have a smattering of listeners. We've, you know, we have a physical therapist who reached out to us and asked us to post to the top of our socials what the CCC is. Oh, (laughs) I just had to write back and say, listen, we scream and shout about offending speech pathologists. There's nothing more we could like. That would be the number one offense. If at the top of our page, we're like, and this is what the CCC is. Yeah. So we do have listeners from all over the world, but also then like there's just a little smattering. So maybe an audiologist will hear this and that's great. All right. Well, if that is it, everybody head to Aisha.org, at least everybody who's in Iowa, join, volunteer. They need execs. Reach out to your legislator. Lots of calls to action here for Iowa. Thank you so much for doing this with us. It just brings me so much joy to be (laughs) highlighting you guys. and again, that, you know, that advocacy, that previous advocacy is still like, now it's eight, almost nine o'clock at night here, but I'm pumped up and ready to go. <laughs> no, so, I'm so glad. This was so great. Thank you so much for yeah. allowing us to give us the opportunity to highlight what we're doing here. And hopefully that'll help us keep trucking along. Yeah. All right. Keep in touch. Thanks a lot, Ashley. Thank you. Thanks for fixing it, everybody. Bye. Bye.